Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Saturday, everybody. Coverage of the Eastern Conference Finals here at Hoops Tonight is brought to you by Chase Freedom Unlimited. How do you cash back? Well, after yet another double-digit fourth-quarter comeback for the Miami Heat last night, they are now outscoring teams by 20.1 points per 100 possessions in the fourth quarter. That is the time when their coaching, their execution, and their star talent takeover games and man it just it just never feels like they're out of a game I have so much that I want to share from this game we're going to uh, talk a little bit about that Grant Williams adjustment a couple of specific things that Spolstra did to cause the Celtics problems defensively and then obviously uh, the classic Jimmy Butler iso attack at the end of the game comes in clutch for the heat you guys know the drill before we get started subscribe to the volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos follow me on Twitter at underscore Jason LT, so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And last but not least, if for whatever reason you guys missed one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, don't forget you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under Hoops Tonight. All right, let's talk some basketball. So uh, Jason had this brilliant idea after game one of this series. Hey, like, why not, instead of gift-wrapping Jimmy Butler one free Malcolm Brogdon to attack every single possession down the stretch of the game. Why don't we try a big wing defender? Why is Grant Williams glued to the bench? Let's get him out there and see what he can do. Well, it turns out Grant Williams has no chance to stop Jimmy Butler either. Same exact moves, getting downhill to that 5-10 to foot area where he can make those short-range shots. Like I talk about a lot over the course of the season, you know, we talk about three-level scoring as like, Shots at the rim, threes, and these long mid-range jump shots, like these 15 to 18 footers, but there's always that short range as well, which is where a lot of the best playoff players in the league do their damage. That's where LeBron's working in the post and hitting those short fadeaways, right? That's where Jimmy Butler's hitting all those shots. That's where Nikola Jokic is hitting all of those pop shots in the lane, right? Like those, that range 
is a range that a lot of NBA defenses still concede shots to, but it's much higher percentage than some of the deeper long twos that you can take in the offense. And he just, it didn't matter if he was going right or going left. It didn't matter how much of a contest Grant Williams offered. He was just getting buckets right over the top of him. Now, I do think Grant was a little less physical than he could have been. I mean, and that's going to be one of the themes of the show. Like you can get away with a lot at the end of NBA playoff games when it comes to using your hands. And the whole point of going with Grant Williams over someone like Malcolm Brogdon, because Grant Williams is only a couple inches taller than Malcolm Brogdon. The whole point of going with Grant Williams is he's bigger and stronger and can hold his ground better against Jimmy. There were a lot of possessions where as Jimmy, especially when he was driving towards his left kind of into the paint, where uh, Rob uh, or Grant Williams is kind of giving ground and opening up his shoulder and just trying to meet him at a spot instead of holding his ground with physicality. Put the onus on the official to try to call a blocking foul. He's probably not going to, right? And I mean, he's hitting these easy short-range shots. So that was one thing that, like, I don't necessarily think... Look, look, here's the thing. The Grant Williams adjustment did not work in this game. But I do still think that is one of their better options. Grant also made a lot of plays offensively down the stretch. He had an important three on the left wing. He had a uh, a driving left-handed bank shot off the glass. He had a cut out of the weak side corner for a dunk. I think the Grant Williams thing can work. He just has to do a better job. I also want to uh, defend him on the trash talk front. Like, here's the thing. It's obviously not a good look when you talk trash and then get your ass kicked and then the other guy gets to have a moment at your expense. But let's be honest here. Like, Jimmy Butler has been torching the entire league, regardless of who's been who he's been up against, for this entire month and a half, right? So I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, Grant Williams set Jimmy Butler off. It's like the Heat have been killing everybody in fourth quarters all season exactly like that. Uh, so, or at least all postseason. So I, I, again, should, should, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of trash talk because I think it can be a distraction sometimes. I didn't think it was a, a distraction in this game. Really, just Grant just has to do a better job defensively. Be more physical. Use your size. Grant was a really good defender on Giannis in last year's postseason run, in large part because he was holding his ground with physicality. So that's the next step there. But classic Jimmy Butler. I, I'm not going to get into the weeds of it again because we've done it like six times this postseason. But it's just classic mini LeBron, right? Just picking on matchups, getting to his spots for little short shots. Oh, you sent a double team, here's the kick out, although they left him on an island for most of this game. And that's been one of the biggest issues. We're going to talk about uh, Spolstra's defensive scheme here in a few minutes. And, you know, Spolstra's trying everything to get stops, right? And I keep seeing Jimmy Butler operating on an island. And they've just got to figure out something. They've got, And a lot of the problem is they're, they keep clearing the side, like, really clearing the side for Jimmy to go to work. And one of the advantages there is when when there's three shooters on the weak side. So if I got a shooter in the corner, shooter on like the high corner, and then a shooter on the wing, and then Bam is kind of operating in that, you know, dunker spot slash kind of rotate to the top of the, or to like the semicircle so he can catch and finish in the short uh, part of the paint, right? Like that's an easy rotation on the weak side. So if you bring an extra defender over to help Jimmy because they're clearing the whole damn side, then those three shooters on the weak side are so close to each other that you can rotate out of it. But like they've got to try something different because the whole leaving Jimmy on an island thing is getting him cooked. I thought Bam at a bio was incredible down the stretch of this game. He had a key driving bank shot on Robert Williams. He had another one where he uh, posted up on Al Horford and Drew Fowl. Really did a bunch of damage to Al Horford. I was watching the game with my wife on the couch this morning. 
and we were just having some coffee together and I see uh, Gabe Vincent miss a three on the right wing. And Al Horford like turns to box out, uh, uh, turns to box out Bam Adebayo and kind of just like stands next to him with his arms spread. Doesn't actually hit him, just stands next to him. And the ball comes carrying off the back rim. And because he didn't dislodge Bam at all, Bam just reaches over the top and grabs the rebound. And so I pause it. And I, I, a lot of the things that I'm saying to you guys when my wife is sitting next to me, I'll be like, honey, look at this. Like, like he didn't hit him. He's got to hit him, you know? And and I was literally telling her on the uh, on the couch, I'm like, it's a playoff game. Like, you can hit him and it's not going to be a foul. Like, you've got to be physical in these situations. Very next possession. Off the offensive rebound, they work it around. I think Jimmy Butler ends up taking another short fadeaway on the right block. And on the possession, Al Horford turns again and just kind of puts his arms out like he's going to box out Bam Adebayo. And Bam just hits him with a swim move and just throws him to the side, gets the basketball, and goes up and dunks it with two hands. And again, like, technically that's a foul. But the point is, it's the playoffs. It's the playoffs, and one team is bringing this ferocious physicality to try to win the damn game, and the other team is giving ground. Whether it's Grant Williams giving ground on Jimmy Butler drives, or it's Al Horford giving ground to Bam Adebayo, instead of embracing it for what it is, which is a fist fight. And those two matchups, Jimmy killing Grant and Bam torching Al Horford on the offensive glass, ended up being the things that killed them at the end of the game. Now, again, with the... Uh, um, the defensive scheme. Like I said, on the Boston front, pretty vanilla. Go to the other end of the floor. Eric Spolster runs zero zone in the first quarter. He runs 11 possessions of zone in the second quarter. He runs zero possessions of zone in the third quarter. Then he runs 19 possessions of his 2-3 zone in the fourth quarter. And again, that's the key of rhythm disruption in preventing a large sample size for uh, to give Boston a chance to solve the zone, right? Like that's the thing is you get into a rhythm and a flow. You're playing well in the third quarter. All of a sudden we're up 11. Everything's looking good. Here comes the zone. And it just completely breaks the rhythm and puts Boston into a lot of their worst tendencies. And, and specifically against zone, Boston can go through these long extended droughts. And Miami zone is, is pretty interesting because I, I – there was one play in particular that I kind of I'm going to call out to kind of teach uh, exactly what makes the zone a lot different from other zones. It's a very aggressive zone in passing lanes, and they treat their traditional two three spots as basically the spot they rotate to as soon as things kind of break down. So there's a possession uh, where Grant Williams ends up kind of attacking Bam at a bio right in the paint on an island. Pump fakes gets into his body and misses like a short little floater. That play started with a G, uh, Jason Tatum pick and roll on the left wing. And in the pick and roll, uh, they actually bring Grant and one other guy up. I can't remember. But Al Horford is in the left corner, right? So in the zone, Bam is just outside the paint on the left block so that he doesn't get a defensive three-second, but he's technically the bottom guy in the zone. Al Horford's actually open. Jimmy Butler comes way up. So all the Heat players in the top of the zone, the two guys in the top, and Jimmy Butler on the right wing are way up on this Jason Tatum pick and roll, basically like guarding it three on three out there, right? And that they're taking that away because, you know, Jason Tatum's trying to get to that pull up three that he likes to take. So as a result, Grant Williams kind of finds a soft spot right behind. And Tatum throws the pass to Grant Williams, kind of leading him towards the rim. The All three guys just immediately rotate where they're supposed to go. Gabe Vincent just flashes back to the top to the shooter, 
Jimmy Butler just rotates back to Al Horford in the corner on the shooter, and Bam Adebayo is just right there on Grant on the catch. Whereas, like, if Jason Tatum makes that swing pass to the corner to Al Horford, Bam Adebayo is there and can rotate. Their, their rotations are just so damn sharp. And, like, just like that, they just snap back, and they're into their positions, and all of those openings are gone. And now you end up with Grant Williams isolating Bam Adebayo under the basket. It did a ton of damage to Boston's offensive confidence down the stretch of that game. Boston scored just 0.7 points per possession against Miami's zone. Um, and then all the classic late game execution stuff that you've grown to expect from the Boston Celtics came to the surface down the stretch of this game. Jalen Brown in the middle of the fourth quarter, a crazy out of control spinning drive into traffic into four bodies and misses like a floater off the back rim. Then there was a possession where he gets an offensive rebound on a, I think Grant Williams shoots a three in the corner, gets an offensive rebound surrounded by four bodies. Tatum is standing wide open. I think Horford was wide open in the left corner too. He tries to shoot over four bodies underneath the basket, predictably gets blocked. Tatum and all them are like, dude, swing the ball out. Um, then it was when it was 103-100 with like 19 seconds on the shot clock, despite being way off with his jump shot all game, just elevates into a three early clock on the right wing instead of trying to work it around to get something better to a shooter that's in a better rhythm. You know, uh, that game for Jalen Brown, he was seven for 23 from the field. It kind of reminded me, uh, I call him like trying to smash your head through a brick wall. It's kind of like this idea where nothing's working and rather than trying to do something else to impact winning. You just keep trying the same shit that's not working. And it's like, dude, your 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 floaters are off, your jumper's off. Like you gotta try something different. And instead it was just more of the same down the stretch of the game. It's 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 just the kind of thing that is an execution error that can cost you a game. Um, there was that weird play where they just simply fumbled the ball away. I can't remember who it was, but threw a pass to Marcus Smart on the kind of like right wing extended. He just fumbles the ball away. There's the Tatum charge at the end of the game. Jason Tatum driving down the down the lane line on the right side of the floor. And Max Struess helps out of the strong side corner. And Jalen Brown is wide open on the wing. Malcolm Brogdon is completely unguarded on the left wing. I posted a freeze frame as Tatum is driving down the lane on my Twitter feed. You'll see it. And you just see Malcolm Brogdon standing there with his arms up and Jalen Brown standing with his hands ready in the corner. And rather than making that kick out, Jason Tatum just runs into the lane and commits an offensive foul. You know, I know it's cliche, but basketball games are won on the margins. And this is a huge part of why I, you know, we, this was a huge thing that we talked about during the Golden State Warriors Boston Celtics series last year. You know, your, your fun, your talent might manifest as a half court points per possession on both ends of the floor over a massive sample size, right? Like, okay, this team is got, uh, you know, significantly more firepower. So if I give them 500 possessions, they're going to score more points, right? But basketball games often come down to a small handful of possessions, when it's 100 to 96 with four minutes left, it doesn't matter if Boston has more talent, if Miami values every possession, and Boston does not. If Miami on every single possession is getting their best player to a good spot on the floor and a shot that he knows he can make half the time, that's a possession that they can reliably get one point per possession, right? And then, bam is going to gift wrap you three or four extra possessions just working his butt off on the offensive glass, or one of the other guards will. So not only do they value possessions, but they generate extra possessions. 
Then on the other end of the floor, Boston's just casually throwing possessions away with poor shot selection, turnovers, um, uh, lack of attention to detail, forcing things in traffic, all these different things. And so, you know, it honestly, this series has been such a, just such a great example of like everything that coaches preach, you know? And, and I've been saying, I've been saying since during the regular season, I think Eric Spolster is the best coach in the league and the combination of what he's doing with what Jimmy's doing with what Bam, Bam has been so unbelievably good in this postseason run. And then just timely contribution contributions from guys like Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, another massive step back jump shot, just, just shook Jason Tatum out of his shoes. So bad that Tatum was looking at the ref like he wanted to push off. Dude, it's Gabe Vincent. Get a stop. You know? Uh, the series is not over, but we'd all be foolish to pick Boston at this point. What has Boston shown you to make you think that they can come back and beat this team four times out of five? Doesn't mean they can't, but what have they shown you? And, and it could get, like, Boston's got some weird chemistry stuff, right? Like, Jalen Brown's been saying weird stuff all the time. There's b- bad body language on the court. There's stuff going down 0-2 at home. Is just going to cause a lot of that stuff to boil to the surface too. Now, Boston is four and two on the road this postseason, so uh, they tend to play a little more loose. I don't know if it's the lack of pressure from the home crowd or what the deal is, but they tend to play a little more loose and a little better on the road. So maybe that gets them back going. But they're in some serious trouble, man. And and this, I'm having so much fun just as because just as a nerd about basketball the way that I am especially when it comes to the details of winning games I'm having so much fun just watching the way that Miami is going about this playoff run um and I'm 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 I find myself rooting for them pretty hard at this point all right guys that is all I have for right now we will be back later tonight after the final buzzer of Lakers Nuggets game three I will see you guys then It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.